Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. We are continuing onward with our season preview series, and we've reached Minnesota, who is coming off a pretty bizarre year where the team's statistical profile suggests it was actually a a pretty good season, but the overall record uh, didn't quite match up with those statistical team measures. But to help us break them down and what fans hope uh, is a little more successful of a season. We have Tom from the Daily Gopher. Tom, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. And um, before we jump into Minnesota, if I know you've been on the podcast before, but if you just want to ri- remind people where they can check out your stuff um, and what you guys have going on over there, it'd be appreciated. Sure. Um I write for, well, started and write for thedailygopher.com. We've been going on for about 13 years now. And um, we are, you know, obviously right now we're getting pretty excited for the football season, which is finally going to happen. And we kind of like our football team. So there's a lot of football (laughs) content right now. Um, Basketball seems like it's in the distant future, although we're starting practice next week. Um, mm-hmm. so basketball's picking up right about the same time football starts. So uh, after about you know six months of a lot going on for the next couple of months. Absolutely, yeah. and it's nice after after all the uh, the months without sports. So uh, happy to be yeah. back. Happy to be back. But let's let's jump into it. So Minnesota last year, obviously, we didn't get to see how things would have concluded given the COVID shortened season, but the Gophers. They end up finishing 15 and 16 overall. They did win their final game in the Big Ten tournament. They beat Northwestern in the opening day on Wednesday. Does that that make them cold Big Ten tournament champs? (laughs) I I suppose, yeah. I I suppose there are, what is it, a a 10 or 12-way tie? Um, I I think only two teams lost on on the first day there. So, yes, (laughs) co-Big Ten tournament champs. They would have clinched the auto bid to the NCAA tournament, I guess. But um, they finished 15 and 16 overall. Um, We don't get to see how it would conclude. I actually thought, I remember when we were previewing the Big Ten tournament, thought they were one of the dangerous teams that could make a a big run. Um, Again, we don't know what would have happened. But what are fans thinking sort of coming off that season heading into this year? And what are your overall thoughts just on last season? Well, um, I'll start with our thoughts on last season because it was it was a weird year, as you kind of said, right? I mean, it was a pretty good team, but it was a team that never really found its stride and started putting together wins. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan, Daniel Oturu in his sophomore season uh, kind of came out of nowhere to be the best center in the Big Ten. I think probably you know disagree with me quite a bit, but but O'Toole was really good, and he's he's now left to be a potential first round draft pick, maybe a, an early second round pick. Uh, but when you have someone who was as talented as him, and who was and had some shooters around him, and had Marcus Carr, who nobody really knew much about because he didn't play the season before and the season prior to that, he was not in our he was in the ACC. Uh, he's pretty good too, but just they could never string things together, and it's hard to exactly pinpoint what their problem was. Or maybe it was just so long ago, and so many things have happened. I don't 
for what the problem was anymore. But yeah, you know, it was it was a weird season. So going into next season, um, you know, O'Toole is, is declared NBA draft, which means um, you know, last season was was really good. We would have brought everybody back, but instead, over two goes to the NBA. Uh, Peyton Willis, who started at the three, decides to transfer, uh, and now you've marked again, which is kind of the feels like every gopher question marks, and you never know what's going to answer or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I the big thing I I just wanted to add as far as last season was concerned for Minnesota. And this is something I'm I'm working on my written season previews right now. So Minnesota, I have a hunk of it done. And one, an interesting thing. So Minnesota, again, as I mentioned, they finished with a losing record overall in big 10 play. They're eight and 12. So four games below 500 in big 10 play, but they finished 27th on Ken Palm. And in my head, I'm like, you know, that's crazy. You know, they're playing at a fringe top 25 level and they're below 500. You know, that that's not something you see every day. You know, usually every year or two, you know, there's one of those teams that just has a f- really fluky year and they end up with great stats, but they don't quite have the resume to match it. And Minnesota right. to me is about the epitome of a, of a team like that. And what I mean is the schedule screwed Minnesota last year. And um, I know a lot of people will say everybody plays a tough schedule, especially in the Big Ten. You know, you can't excuse it. They lost the games. Yes, they lost the games. They did not have an NCAA at large resume, anything like that. But they finished with the third toughest schedule in the country, which is really wild for a Power Five conference team because um, the bottom feeder teams are usually the ones that play these brutal non-conference slates because they need the money, you know, go on the road and and play a big program to get the paycheck. But Minnesota finishes with a third ranked schedule and their Ken Palm score. So as I mentioned, they finished 27th and Ken Palm ranks the teams, but he also gives them an actual statistical score. So, you know, a zero is considered like the average, most average team. And as you move higher, you know, plus uh, you get better at better. The Kentucky team that was, um, what a game or two short of going undefeated a couple of years back. That's the highest rated team of all time on Ken Palm, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Well, Minnesota finished with a plus 17.83, which probably doesn't mean much to people as they sit here listening, but here are some of the teams that that score is higher than last year's Rutgers team, last year's Illinois team, um, last year's Indiana team. All three of those teams were projected to make the NCAA tournament including Illinois, who was one game back in the Big Ten standings. So, (laughs) I mean, think about that. Minnesota had a higher statistical uh, performance last season. Illinois is almost winning a share of the Big Ten title with a lower rank. Um, Some of the other teams, Wisconsin in 2015-16, that was the year they made the Sweet 16. That team was rated lower than Minnesota. Um, Iowa's team, not this season with Garza, but the year, well, I guess Garza was still on the team, but the year before that, when they made the round of 32, they almost made the sweet 16 came really close. Uh, a Maryland team, 2016, 20, uh, 17, 
the Northwestern team that made the round of 32, their only NCAA tournament appearance of all time. Um, it goes on and on, a Michigan State team yeah. that made a round of 32. But as you see, I mean, and this is just the Big Ten. I, I didn't even expand my search to other teams. It it was a bizarre season. And the big thing for me is they had a lot of close losses. They had a brutal schedule. And somebody was always going to bite the bullet for the Big Ten being as deep as it was last year. Minnesota was absolutely a team that bit the the bullet for that. Um, When it's that good, there's no margin for error. Minnesota got beat down. Um, This team was a lot better than what the record suggests. And um, I think that's encouraging if you're a Minnesota fan coming into this season because, you know, you're not starting from a below 500 level. You're actually starting from a pretty solid level, in my opinion. As you mentioned, you're losing Oturo, but – you know, you're not at the bottom of the uh, of the pack as you know they were a, a couple of years ago with Patino um, in a lot better position. So, um, well, a couple a couple of things sure. with that right as I recall now, um, part of that high Ken Palm ranking was a few things. One, it was a really tough schedule that that mm-hmm. gets you far with Ken Palm. Two, I think the fact that so much ran through Oturu and he was very efficient gave them yep. an overall highly efficient offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of Ken Palm efficiency. And thirdly, if I remember right, they, you know, Ken Palm has a luck factor and we mm-hmm. were abysmal in the luck factor. Like we just <laughs> lost so many close games and had some weird things that happened at the end of games that, you know, we were, what do you say, eight and 12 in the big 10? Correct. Yes. And really easily could have been 10 and 10 and would have had, we wouldn't have been sweating the bubble. <laughs> Uh, just just as you mentioned it, Minnesota was 351st in luck, which I believe is yeah, dead last. Out of 356? 353, maybe? I'm sorry. Not okay. not quite dead last. <laughs> they had the two teams below them. <laughs> um, so it was a weird year. Because I remember sitting and talking to you last year. Because two years ago, they were terrible. They were yeah. bottom four in the Big Ten. And I remember saying, well, we got Carr, who I think is going to be pretty good because I've seen him in practice. And you got mm-hmm. Oturu and Kalsher who were coming from pretty good freshman seasons, and we just had to see how they became as sophomores. And Peyton Willis, and this might be a decently deep team. And, you know, some of those things played out. Some of those, It's, again, back to the question marks. Some of those questions were answered. Uh, some of them weren't. And that's why you get an 8-12 and 12 team in a conference like the Big Ten. Absolutely. And before we move on to the next one, I just want to note this again. If I if I haven't argued my point enough, I need to add in one more. And yeah. uh, so Minnesota, 15 and 16 last year overall. Two yeah. years ago, Minnesota went 15 and 17 overall. So not the year they made the tournament and the second round and, and lost to MSU, but the year before, as you mentioned, not a great season. 15 and 17 overall. They were 117th on Ken Palm. So nearly a hundred spots lower than last year's team, which just goes right, to show the same virtually record. identical record. Yeah, basically right. the exact same record. Um, so it's it, it was a really weird year, as you mentioned. But um, yep. of course, we're here to preview this year, though not last year. We'll we'll let that one go away for Gopher fans. Won't mention it anymore. Um, what are you mentioned? Oturu, he's gone. That's the big departure. Everybody's going to be talking about. Um, anybody else that that you're really um, I, I guess a notable departure um, as far as you're concerned. And then secondly, um, who is coming in the door that, that you're excited about this season for Minnesota? Sure. 
Well, I'll just run through. There's three starters that we need to replace. Oturu is the big one. He was he was a stud. He was a uh, did he finish on any of the All American lists? I don't remember, but he was close. I don't think uh, he was he first was team, but I I think he was second team. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you lose Oturu, that's a massive blow. Because uh, I kind of thought he would return, especially being a fringe first-round pick. Um, you lose your starter at power forward, who was um, – I can't even think of the guy's name. It was the Drexel uh, graduate transfer. He was from Greece. Um, well, they're losing Demiri. Alihan Demir. Yeah. It was Demir. Um, and to be honest, he um, – power forward for this team last year was a major hole. You remember two years ago they had Jordan Murphy, power forward, who, who was an all-world stud. Uh, mm-hmm. He leaves. They replace him with Demir, who's, who's a completely different type of player and just never really fit into the system or never figured out how to – how to be an asset in the system. And, and ultimately, power forward was a spot where we got almost no offensive production um, and we got no rebounding and defense wasn't that good either. So power forward is really quite terrible uh, for this team last year. And then, and then you lose your small forward, uh, Peyton Willis. And that one's a little surprising because he was a sophomore Graduate, not a graduate. He was a transfer, sat out two years ago, and I think he was a sophomore last year. Starter, got plenty of minutes, averaged 10 points a game. You know, had a couple, never never was the kind of guy that would go off and carry you, but also was never terrible. He, he was a solid, good starting caliber player. And he decides to transfer, which is weird. I, I still don't have my arms around what happened there that he he felt the need to leave the program. Yeah. Um, there was nobody coming in where he was going to get benched, likely. So, um, so now replacing those guys, uh, replacing Willis at the small forward is is going to be a little tricky. It kind of depends on if they get another waiver from the NCAA for a transfer. So, a, a kid from Utah named uh, Bothgock or Bothgock, I'm not even sure how to pronounce it, <laughs> is. Um, Played high school ball in Minnesota, small town, southern Minnesota. Played played one year of prep school and then went to Utah. And was a pretty good player for Utah. Started most started some as a freshman, started most of the games as a sophomore. I think he averaged around 15 points a game or maybe 10 or 12 points a game. Double-digit score, who was better in the second half of the year than the first half of the year. Uh, a little bit of a feast or famine kind of guy. So they're still waiting on word from the NCAA if he'll be immediately eligible or not. If he's mm-hmm. eligible, he starts, he gives you a solid starting caliber small forward that might give you 20 points one night, might give you four on another. Uh, mm-hmm. Power forward, like I said, was this huge hole last year, is Brandon Johnson, who's a graduate transfer from Western Michigan. Um, and so he seems like, um, you know, and this will be two years in a row of a grad transfer starting at power forward. He at least seems like someone who's going to add something, right? Alian Demir came in. We thought he was going to be a shooter and kind of crafty around the basket and just 
never added anything. Johnson, I think, is tough and athletic and will rebound. Um, I think you're going to get six, seven, eight rebounds a game from Johnson and maybe six, seven, eight points a game from him. Again, he's never going to blow up and have massive games that carry you, but I think he's got some strength to play defense and he'll rebound a little bit and give you something from that position, which will make a big difference. And then you get two center where we lost Oturu and in comes uh, Liam Robbins, who is a transfer from Drake, seven foot transfer from Drake. He has been cleared by the NCAA to be able to play right away. And he's not going to get you what you got out of Oturu, but he replaces a lot more than what we would have been able to replace had we just had to go with what was in house. Mm-hmm. So again, probably a double digit scorer, um, decent, a pretty good shot blocker, decent rebounder, has a little bit of touch from 10, 12 feet. So he'll be solid. Uh, you know, is he going to be a, one of the top three, four, five big men in the conference? Certainly not this year. But between him and Johnson at the five and the four, um, comparing to what we had at the five and the four last year, I, I don't know that it's going to be a huge drop-off if you look at those two positions in total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think as far as the departure goes, obviously, I mean, I think for anybody who watched Minnesota or had any <laughs> exposure to them, Oturu is a massive departure as you mentioned, he was an All-American candidate. If he wasn't the first or second team, he was certainly in consideration. Mm-hmm. One of the Big Ten's best players. He was ranked in the top ten on Ken Palm in terms of his player rankings last year. So uh, that is someone you're lucky if you get one of those guys a decade, most programs. Right. So you, you're not going to replace him overnight. So that's a big one. And frankly – if he comes in as a three-star recruit, right? <laughs> Yes, yes. And I I think you can't even realistically hope to do it. Again, it's one of those where you just try to get somebody in there who who can start, be a competent player, and you hope the whole team overall can can sort of Mm -hmm. improve enough to negate some of his loss. But um, additionally, two other starters. Neither of those guys, I I think, were high-level Big Ten players I think they were both solid starters referring to Willis and Demir um so I mean but you gotta you gotta replace them um both both starters there and then hurt as well um bench option so you're you're losing a lot there on the wing um as far as returning pieces go but as you mentioned I I think this year you know they're bringing in three new recruits I don't love any of the recruits. I, I don't know how you feel about them. Um, I'm not blown away by any of the three, but I think uh, they're all decent prospects that are probably the wait and see next year <laughs> type of type of players. Um, Mashburn, I could see him contributing a little bit in the backcourt as a reserve. Um, but overall, I, I think the three freshmen coming in probably aren't going to play a, a ton this year. I think they're mainly going to be reserves if if they get on the court much at all, but the transfers are significant. I think you could easily get two, as you mentioned, two starters out of this group. I think Robbins is going to start for sure. Um, I think Johnson will be in in contention. And then um, as you said, I I think it's Gok or or, um, the Utah. Yeah. The Utah transfer. And 
as anybody knows who listens to this podcast, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. So um, <laughs> please, nobody take offense. This it's like a every podcast thing. But if he if he ends up being eligible, which who knows what the eligibility is going to look like this year with COVID going on and everything else. But if he's eligible, he might be able to get into the starting lineup too. So, I mean, you're talking about maybe two or three guys who have serious starter potential, which is crazy for um, transfers. And as you mentioned, I don't think any of the three are going to be on the big 10, all big 10 first team, but I think they're all capable of playing significant minutes in the big 10 playing starter level minutes. So I think that's a huge addition when you're losing three starters to basically bring in three starters. That would be uh, huge for, yep. for Minnesota season and doesn't even get to the guys like Carr, as you mentioned, who I now I, I think Carr ha- has a lot of potential here to be a star. So should be a lot of fun. Um, I, in some ways, I think they have more talent than they did last year. Um, certainly if you exclude a Turo, they probably do. Um, big thing to exclude, yep. but uh, should be interesting. Um, but on that front, uh, taking a step back, we talked a little bit about the guys coming in, the guys coming out. What are the things you're most excited about to watch for this year's Gophers? And conversely, what are you most concerned about? Hmm. Well, in terms of excitement, uh, it's, there's not a lot on this team where you're like, yes, right? I love Amir Coffee or I love Oturu. You know, we've got some all Big Ten caliber guys. Like, I, I really like Marcus Carr, and I think mm-hmm. he's one of the better Big Ten point guards. Um, but in terms of, like, what am I really excited about? Um, <laughs> I guess the one thing maybe is I, I'm higher on Mashburn than you seem to be. Okay. Um, okay. I've heard that the staff really thinks this kid's going to be special. Okay. Uh, so what does that mean? I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think he's coming off the bench, but I think mm-hmm. he's, he might be the first guy off the bench and he'll play the one and the two. Um, but I think they're pretty darn excited about him. Uh, the other two freshmen, I'm maybe less excited about than you seem to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't think I don't think uh, Mitchell at power forward or um, the overseas guy they have coming who's also a forward. I I, I don't think we'll see them much at all this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm excited to see like this team has more depth than any than any Patino team since he's been here. With mm-hmm. Trey Williams off the bench, he had a pretty solid year last year as a freshman, and he he can be a quality player mashburn um isaiah Einan. i guess if i have to pick one thing to be excited about i really like Einan. i, I talked about him last year at this point because i i got to go watch a couple practices and Einan was a true freshman a year ago coming from germany who's this you know six seven six eight six nine kind of depends on where you see it guy with these long freakish arms he's just crazy athletic and the practices that i saw at times, he just took over and was incredible. And then other times, just disappeared. And in the season last year, as it went on, he kind of got hurt. And he didn't get a lot of playing time. But about the last 10 games, he started to get a lot more playing time. And he started to really find his groove in the offense. And, you know, if I had to pick right now, I I think he's coming off the bench, playing at the three or the four. But also, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's starting at the three or the four. 
and and is averaging double digits because that guy is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's probably pushing six nine, six ten, uh, with this wingspan and athleticism. He's just super raw. So, you know, if he starts to figure things out and things start to click for him and the game slows down, he could be a special player. Mm-hmm. But that's another one of those questions where he could be a four points a game guy or he could be a 12 <laughs> points a game guy. Who knows? Absolutely. I, I think for me, you know, the, the things I'm excited about, and I should note, as far as the recruits grow, I, I don't want to minimize them, you know, say they're bad players, anything like that. I, I just think, you know, when, when you're thinking freshmen, you know, impact freshmen who are going to show up from day one and be able to contribute. Um, I'm a little skeptical of, of these three guys being in that camp, but I, I do like their long-term potential. I, I could see them, you know, as I mentioned, bench guys, five, 10 minutes this year, grow from there. It, it's just this year, I, I think they're going to have relatively limited impact. Yeah. See, but, I'll, I'll diverge with you on that, where I think the two guys, I'm not convinced mm-hmm. they're ever going to be that. That They're not going to contribute much. Maybe <laughs> Mitchell will eventually. Yeah. I, I don't – on the other hand, I, I think Mashburn might be an impact player this year. Okay. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure Gopher fans, obviously, are, are hoping for the best there. Yeah. As, as far as – um, uh things i'm excited about i i think the first thing to start with if you're a minnesota fan trying to look at the glass half full look at that ken palm rating this team was not you know a horrible team last year the record wasn't great but you're not starting from the bottom of the pit so i I think you got to be encouraged with that second college basketball i talk about this on almost every preview but you got to have a star player. If, if you're going to win big, you got to have an all Big Ten caliber guy. And it doesn't necessarily have to be first team, but you, I mean, go go look at the all Big Ten teams and look through the list. And it's just going to be a list of the best teams in the Big Ten. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as that. And Minnesota has a, an, a chance there with Carr. I think Carr could be yep. a first team guy. Um, maybe whether he deserves it or not, we'll have to get there. But I think statistically speaking, he has a shot uh, to get there this year. So I, I think you have to be excited about having a guy like that. Um, and then the last are the new pieces coming in. And as we've talked about, you know, I don't think you're adding LeBron James or, or Michael Jordan. Uh, most transfers are not going to be uh, the top, top guys because they usually don't transfer otherwise. But you're adding three potential starters. And I think that is a huge boost to a team that has a lot of rising underclassmen. You have a potential star in Carr. So, I mean, I, I don't want to say fill things out, but, you know, they can be complementary pieces on this team and they can do damage. So I, I think that is uh, some of the big reasons to be excited about. Conversely, um, the front court is going to is gonna be a, quench, a question mark. We've talked about it. You know, you're losing Oturo, who was an absolute monster, and you're certainly not going to upgrade. <laughs> there um so uh, that's a concern the fact as as we've talked about the wing you're basically turning over almost the entire wing um to a certain degree you're losing your two starters you're losing a reserve player and hurt as well so you're going to have a lot of new faces getting real time there some could be transfers some could be you know some of the younger guys you mentioned williams um trying to get more time so i i think that's a question mark and then third uh, Marcus Carr, as as I've said, you know, he could be a star, um, but he he had a lot of volume last year and the, the team still won 15 and 16. So I, I think if you're trying to be skeptical, 
that's something you look at. You know, he was kind of already there and, you know, the team didn't achieve it, its long-term goals. But um, right. I and think what there's an... What's Marcus yep, Carr going to do without a guy like Oturu yep. to dump it yep. off to? That, that's the concern. I mean, losing a guy like that, sometimes teams sort of rise up without him. You know, everybody picks it up a little bit, but other times, you know, they nosedive. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I like, like I said, if, if you just put Oturo to the side, I think this group is talented, more experienced, and deeper than last year's group. As you mentioned, this might be the deepest team Patino's had mm-hmm. at Minnesota. Um, but, you know, we also need to note that the guy we're putting to the side is an All-American caliber player uh, who has a huge impact on the court. So it's easier said than done. But um, I do think there's enough here, though, to be successful. There's enough to make an NCAA tournament if things go well. So it should be interesting. Um, on that front, I'd normally ask you, you know, about who you thought would be the team's best player. I think we're probably both in uh, in the same vein here that it's probably it's probably going to be Carr, and that's that's a pretty easy pick. Additionally, I would I would ask you about the schedule, but nobody has any idea um, wh- what's going to happen on on that front. We have no schedule yet. We really have no games, so it it would kind of be a fool's errand to to try to get into that. But as far as the lineup goes, you know, we've speculated, you know, who might be in there, who who might not. Do you have a projection right now on what you think the starting lineup might look like? Yeah, I think it's um, – well, pretty clearly you're going to have Carr at the point and Kalsher at the two. Uh, we haven't talked about Kalsher much, but he had a really strong freshman season, was a great shooter. He's an, he's an elite defender. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the Big Ten. And he struggled mightily shooting yeah. as a sophomore. And And some of that, I think, was what we talked about a year ago, where as a freshman – Teams weren't keying on him because they had Amir Coffey and Jordan Murphy. Yeah. Um, and so he was able to get open, spot up, and drain threes. And he wasn't able to do that as much as a sophomore because teams were keying on him. So his progression and him being able to sort of return to, you know, shooting five points higher than his percentage was as, as a sophomore, uh, he becomes a pretty strong two. The three is where I'm not sure what happens. I think it's going to be Gok if he's eligible. It could be Trey Williams if they choose to go small. Uh, it could be Isaiah Einan if they choose to go big. Uh, or it depends on Williams or Einan how much they progress. I, I don't know. The three seems to be the biggest question mark. My guess is it will be Gok, and I think he'll get his waiver. Uh, the four will be probably Brandon Johnson, the transfer. Also, it could be Iman at the four, and and Liam Robbins will be your starter at the center. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of in you know in agreement here as far as my my predictions. I think mm-hmm. the backcourt is pretty obvious, barring um, you know somebody just really surprising. I mean, if Johnson comes in and is the second coming or something, yeah, that, that might shake things up. But I think the backcourt is going to be just like it was last year, Kalsher and Carr. And I'm, I'm happy you pointed that out where Kalsher regressed a little bit as a sophomore. You're hoping he gets back to the, the freshman form, but he has a lot of upside there if he can hit the ground running. Up front, I think Robbins is a clear, clear pick at center yep. that's the reason they brought him in was to start immediately he's going to get a lot of time there and i i think on the wing i think gawk is is probably he will start 
if he's eligible. Um, the question, of course, is you know how that works out. None of us have any idea. Um, I I kind of like Einan to start at the four, um, and I think it's not going to be a, a typical starter thing because I I think he will split minutes heavily with Johnson. Uh, regardless of, of what mm-hmm. happens. Same with Trey Williams. They're all going to get time there. Nobody's going to dominate the three or four minutes. It, it, it will be a mix. Even Gok will probably play a reserve role in the backcourt too if if needed. So there's going to be a lot of different faces rotating out through there, and I, I think that's probably a good thing for where this roster is. So it, it should be intriguing. But um, with that, um, get to the point, you know, everybody, everybody loves, which are season predictions. And I, I realize we don't have a schedule, so I'm not going to ask you to, you know, go up and down and wins and losses, but what are your general thoughts on this season? You know, if there is a postseason, do you think Minnesota makes it? And if so, what tournament? Um, I think this is, like I've said, this is a, this is almost answering an earlier question now, but like this team is deeper. This team's going to be a better rebounding team. And if Kalsher comes around a little bit, it's probably a better shooting team. So I think it's a solid team. I think it's if, – if Gok is eligible, I kind of think worst-case scenario, this is a bubble team. Um, wow. I, I, it's, it's just a solid team. It's not going to be a top four in the Big Ten. It's certainly not going to be in the bottom five in the Big Ten. I think it's going to be squarely in the middle of the conference, stuck on the bubble uh, like we are frequently. Uh, and and I think, you know, if I'm optimistic, they make the tournament. And they're the kind of team that could, you know, win a game or two in the tournament. Um, if I'm pessimistic, I think they're – we're talking about the bubble, but they're falling short. Mm-hmm. Which I, th- is, I think all in all, it's a pretty typical Minnesota season. <laughs> yeah, I, I think from my, my perspective, you know, if I, if you put a gun to my head, um, I'm probably going to say I, I think they missed the tournament. But I, I do think it's a lot closer than it was last year. Although, again, we don't know what would have happened who knows they might have won out in the big 10 tournament as you mentioned no. co-champs you know whatever <laughs> um well who knows maybe i i think you never know sure they, they, they beat wisconsin last year didn't they yeah yeah they beat remember. wisconsin i think that's i think they were on the top half of the bracket so i, th- I think they would have played them so can't rule it out if, if you've already beaten a team but it's yeah. it, i i think as of now i i would pick them to come up short i think they're going to be closer to the picture than they were last year in terms of wins and losses. Cause I think the schedule, I think the big 10 is going to be very, very deep again, but I think it's going to be much more top heavy than it was this time. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a three, maybe even four teams in top 10, top 12 level. And then I think there's going to be a big drop after that, which I think it will make it much easier for teams in the middle than having, you know, half your league, you know, 10 teams in the top 30 or 40 yeah, uh, sure. nationally. So I, I think that will lead to a better record. Unfortunately, I'm just, I'm concerned about what we talked about it as far as Carr. I think he's going to be very productive. I think he's going to be a volume scorer. I think he's going to be dominating the offensive possessions. Unfortunately, he's going to need somebody to play off of, and I'm not sure who the number two guy is going to be right now. Kelsher maybe can do it. 
Um, maybe one of the transfers can, we'll have to see, but that's going to be a big part. He's going to need that change up, you know, somebody else who can sort of tear apart defenses when they key in on car. So that's what I'm, I'm, I don't think they have a two. Yeah. And and that, and that's kind of my concern, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. We've seen teams with far less talent than this do a, a lot of damage. So it should be fun. Um, but again, Tom, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Before we let you go, um, if you want to plug again what, what's going on over at the Daily Gopher, where people can check you out, um, and what to look forward to in the coming weeks. Yeah, come check us out, thedailygopher.com. We're, um, again, it's, it's heavy into football right now because we're pretty excited about our football team, and basketball appears to be pretty mediocre. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but we're excited about the season, very excited that uh, college sports will be returning for Big Ten people. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen to that. And as a Michigan alum, uh, let me say go blue for, for next weekend. I don't know when this will post this preview, but I'm very much looking forward to the the opener between Minnesota and Michigan and on the football field. Um, and of course, uh, chat and basketball tonight, but thanks again yeah, for joining us. We, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll, for everybody listening, thanks again for checking us out. We got our top 25 player countdown going. We have uh, listed at least one Minnesota player. I know there's another one coming here. Uh, so make sure to check out the site daily for, for those updates uh, and plenty more. Our season preview um, written series should be coming here in the next couple of weeks. So everybody check that out. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.